0: Randhasya Gyananjana yena tasmai in the beginning of this bhagavatam it has been stated bhagavat tattva vijnanam mukta sangasya jayate by understanding this scientific knowledge of god one can be liberated from material contamination Bhagavat Tattva, vijnana. Bhagavat means of God in relationship with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Tattva means the different truths, philosophical understandings, and Vijnanam means scientific. Tattva, that means philosophical understandings, but not in exactly the same sense that philosophy is understood in the modern world. Philosophy in the modern world is generally understood to be something that uh, someone looks at the world from a particular perspective and makes some speculations and gives his theory. And so many different people are giving their different theories. But philosophy we find in Sanskrit language. So it is in darshan, Sarvadarshan, Tatvadarshan, tattva darshan, meaning to see things as they are, as they are, just to see, to understand. Other words are there also. Matam, badam means opinion or what someone says. But that is not the same as darshan. Within darshan, there is also the ultimate point, Siddhanta. After going through all the different points, one comes to the ultimate conclusion of understanding. So, Srimad Bhagavatam gives the actual facts to see things as they are, to see, to understand things as they are. Vedic literatures give us the vision. Shastra Chakshu, Pajanti Jnana in the Gita Lord Krishna says, This subject of transmigration of the soul. Who can understand? There may be different theories. Just like Bhakti Charuma was just telling me. Some years ago, he was invited to an international conference on reincarnation. And different people there, different ideas, even Dalai Lama was there. But uh, he said, because I just gave the presentation, it's given in Gita and Bhagavatam. Because this factual scientific knowledge, this, just like we see in this verse, is described how the soul is carried on the subtle body, and according to the subtle body, one gets one body after another after another. Even we find nowadays, people are coming to accept the idea of reincarnation. Just gradually, people are coming to accept it here in the Western world. But, at the same time, they don't want to admit the possibility. They find it very difficult to understand. How could I become less than a human being? Transmigration must be... From human body to human body, there's so much identifying with the body that they're thinking I could only become a human that I, Many years ago I read there was some survey in Italy they asked different people that uh, if you had to come back in the next life, would you, would you rather be a horse or something? And I think, I think many people, some people put snake. <laughs> And a few people wrote, could I, could, could I become a human being? Is it possible to come back like that? But so people don't know. Even, they don't know what happens after death. So therefore some people say that at the time of death, as the famous words of Professor Kotovsky, who has become immortal due to Prabhupada quoting him frequently as a first class Murha, that uh, even though he has the title Professor, He said, as Prabhupada quoted so many times, Swamiji, when the body is finished, everything is finished. Prabhupada quoted that he's supposed to be a highly learned professor. He's teaching others. He has a a reputation as a scholar. But he doesn't know the first thing, fact of life, the most essential, basic thing, is that we are not these bodies, we are the spirit soul living within the body. When the body dies, you get another body. So how to understand this? That's what people say. We can't understand it because we can't see it. No one ever came back to tell us. Of course, now we have all these hypnotic regressionists and people who do funny things to you, and they tell you that you went back in. They take you back to your previous life and this and that. So there have been some kind of scientific investigation into that. But the real way to understand is through the eye of shastra that. Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita vitam. Those who don't have knowledge they don't know how the soul is transmigrating from body to body to body but those who have the eyes of knowledge they can see you can see through the eye of knowledge what is the eye of knowledge? knowledge is given by Krishna. That is the best knowledge which is given by Krishna and which is given in the Vedic literature. Just like once in Sweden one Indian doctor, was he a doctor? I think he was in the United Nations. No, he's a doctor. So he asked Prabhupada what is the proof of the existence of the soul? Now this so-called rationalists they think this is a great question which we're really going to catch because you can't prove it. We're going to catch you. Prabhupada said, the proof is that Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita. That is the proof. And actually that is the fact, because that is the topmost evidence. You may bring out your telescopes and microscopes and so many different scopes for measuring so many different things. But what Krishna says, that is ultimately the best evidence. Because we've seen in science, so-called science, that even people make calculations, discoveries, and up to some time they say, no, it's out of date. What we, what we, see. They have so much faith in this system of seeing. We will measure by seeing. We'll take some machine which will enhance our power of seeing, a telescope or microscope or seeing by the eyes, and the other senses are there also for measuring, hearing, tasting, touching, smelling. So using the senses and developing machines, they enhance the borders of their knowledge. But the problem is that they always find out that whatever is supposed to be knowledge, actually they find out by more investigation that what they thought was right was actually wrong. Just like a few years ago, this spacecraft, so we are told, went outside our solar system and they took photos. And then the head of NASA, who was in charge of this, the head astrophysicist or whatever, he said that after seeing all these photos, all our concepts of astronomy, will have to be changed. That means that whatever they taught in the university before was all wrong. And people, everyone, that means everyone who has a PhD or MSc in astronomy, whatever they had before was all wrong. They are the teachers and whatever they are teaching is all wrong because they found new pictures which show that whatever they thought before was wrong. But the problem is that after some time they'll do some more research and they'll find out that what they thought was right before was also wrong. Because this is always going on. And then they'll say, now we have, we're increasing our understanding of the universe. We're making progress in knowledge. But to go from one wrong position to another wrong position doesn't mean you're increasing in knowledge. It simply means you're moving from one stance of ignorance to another stance of ignorance. So what Prabhupada writes here in the purport is that Since modern scientists and philosophers are too materialistic and since their knowledge is taken away by the illusory energy, they cannot explain how the gross body is changing. That is the effect of maya shakti, that one cannot understand things clearly as they are. Even though one has great faith in his own abilities to understand things, things, his perception of reality is limited by the illusory energy called maya. This is a great mistake in modern society that they think that science can explain everything because science has created some space rockets and computers and motor cars and uh, different fertilizers and pesticides and so many things are there which are considered to be acts of progress. But this doesn't mean that because by the grace of Krishna, who is actually giving them the intelligence how to do this, they're able to invent a few things, it doesn't mean that they're able to give an ultimate paradigm of reality. They can't explain how the universe is going on, even so many things, uh, even very basic things. I was speaking to, this is uh, maybe two years ago now, this one point struck me. I was speaking to one neurosurgeon, which is uh, it's quite a job, opening up people's brains and uh, fiddling around with them. Jai Jai Shri Nambani But he said that uh, neurologists, we, we, think, we, we don't actually understand how the brain is working. We have some very, we know that if we adjust this and adjust this, if someone has a disease, we cut it out and this and that, we can do something. But actually how the brain is functioning, we don't really understand. He said we have maximum 20% knowledge of how the brain is working. So, how much knowledge do we actually have? We see that scientists, they are searching after a unified field theory to explain everything. They want to put some formula, mathematical formula, which will explain everything in the universe, bringing all the scientific formulas together. But they can't do that. They cannot do that because of manasa gochara, that absolute truth which is sustaining everything, is not under the law of physics. Is not under the law of mathematics. Just like Krishna, we see when he personally came. He is uh, that devotee is uh, Yajalinge Param Brahma. That the supreme absolute truth is playing as a child in the courtyard of Nanda Maharaj. Now, how are you going to explain that? Generally, people who are interested in spiritual life, they conceive of the absolute. As the underlying power underneath everything, but who is that? That underlying power is a person. How are you going to understand? You can't understand Krishna by measuring him. Whether you can't bring out a different sco- scope and try to make some adjust, put it in focus, and think you can understand Krishna. Want to speak of Krishna? We cannot even understand the soul. This point is being made here in this purport by Prabhupada. We can't understand the soul. We can't measure it. You can't you see there are so many machines now they can measure Hare Krishna height that's not a machine just with a well with a ruler you can measure up to 12 inches and if uh, greater heights you may have to just like surveyors they, they have some t- I don't know the name so you can measure distances between planets very imperfectly because they say the moon is close to the earth which we know from the Vedic literature is wrong you can measure height length breadth you can ma- measure the uh, specific gravity of a liquid you can measure temperature you can measure brain waves you can measure heartbeats there's so many things you can me- you can bring a machine and measure it but axiomatically the soul cannot be measured because it is a different kind of energy the soul is spiritual energy therefore it cannot by any means of material advancement be studied By any material process. This is where the so-called rationalists and scientists make a mistake. I saw some leaflet. The Harrow Rationalist Association is going to change the world by preaching that there's no God. All the rationalists in Harrow. So uh, their first... first, uh, What is that? The basis of their philosophy... Is that everything? In the, we can only understand what we can perceive. This is the first. This, in itself, the great mistake of so-called rationalism. Because if you're going to be rational, then you should first of all see that what who I'm, what is my capacity, how much can I see, what is my ability to see anyway, and even if I see, what do I understand? Just like if I see a so-called beautiful woman, then I become very lusty. But then I. What are you seeing? Why are you becoming lusty? Don't you see that this is a bag of made up of some skin and beauty is skin deep. Underneath it's not at all beautiful. So that's not rational. If you say, I will be rational, why don't you rationally see that our capacity to see, touch, taste, smell, feel, all these, they're very limited. And my intelligence to understand that is also limited. They may... Rationally, we should understand, as even modern science suggests to us, if you're going to be so, so much a follower of science, that there are many levels of reality beyond that which we can see. Previously, people, they, they didn't understand gravity, electricity, radio waves. They didn't understand this. Now you understand. So why don't you consider that there may be many, many other things which we don't understand, that you can't see, touch, taste, smell, hear or feel. Why don't you accept that? Uh, then uh, why will you rule out the possibility of there being the soul, another kind of energy which you have no idea of whatsoever? Why do you think that you've reached the borders of knowledge? Because you can't see the soul, because you can't perceive the soul with your eyes, then why do you presume that it doesn't exist? Even in science, there are so many things which you can't see. There's so many. You want to speak of say the mind, subatomic particles. You can't see them but it is accepted that they exist. Uh, Why? Because by the process of anuman, of uh, informed guesswork, you can't see the subatomic particles, but by their effect, by their action, you make an experiment and you see that yes, therefore we presume subatomic particles exist. So similarly, the soul, why don't we take this as a hypothesis? The soul, uh, we, we have this as a hypothesis, that the body is going on, the body is alive, the body grows on the basis of the soul, which is another kind of energy. And when the soul leaves the body, it doesn't grow. It dies. As Prabhupada gave that example, that two babies may be born at the same time in the hospital. One is stillborn, the other is live-born. So one that is stillborn doesn't grow. Why? It's the same chemical composition, exactly. Why doesn't it grow? Why doesn't it scream and yell? Why is the mother distraught? if the child is born, dead. Uh, it's the same chemical composition. Why does one grow and one the other not? The answer is because of the presence of the soul in one body and the non-presence in another. So if one is to be rational, he should accept. He should ex- if one is actually rational, then he, ex- he should accept that actually we are very, very tiny beings in the universe. Our ability to understand is extremely limited. Therefore, it is best to take knowledge from those who do understand. Therefore, the Vedic literature is they are not produced by a person who is under the laws of material nature who is subject to four defects, cheating from imperfect senses, illusion, makes mistakes, and has the cheating propensity. Uh, this is a uh, different kind of knowledge, realized knowledge, factual knowledge, actually different kind of knowledge. It is knowledge. Everything else is not knowledge. That which goes on in the name of knowledge, if it's not actually knowledge, it's not correct. You may say we have scientific knowledge, but then if you come five years later and say, sorry, that's all wrong, now we have have real, up-to-date knowledge. But knowledge is not up-to-date or out-of-date. Knowledge is as it is. 2 plus 2 equals 4 is correct. 2 plus 2 equals 4.00001 is incorrect. And even though you may say, well, previously we thought 2 plus 2 equals four point zero 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 two, So now we're progressing. You may be so-called progressing, but you're wrong. And even if you do come to the right point, you can get it immediately from the Vedic literature. So why not take it? The answer is suggested here by Prabhupada in his Prabhupada. Because they are materialistic demons. They want to deny God. They want to deny. Why don't you take it as a hypothesis? It's a very good hypothesis. You can't explain life. No one in the university can explain. Actually, what is life? What is the reason that the child, one child grows and the stillborn child doesn't? There's no scientific, according to your science, there's no such reason. Why don't you take this as a hypothesis? Because the soul is present. And when the soul leaves, then the body continues to grow, the body dies. The body continues to have any function. So it's a very good theory, and uh, all the data affect the hypothesis. Therefore, it can be accepted. But because people are sinful... They want to deny the existence of God and the soul. Because they want to go on. Bhasma That we want to say that we should simply enjoy it. The body is temporary. Uh, when, it, when the body is finished, everything is finished. So we should enjoy now. Eat ghee. Somehow rather other, enjoy life. Because the body will be burned and everything is finished. Professor Katowski wasn't the founder of the school of uh, when the body is finished, everything is finished. Charvak, Muni, a long time ago, he gave the same idea. Eat ghee now. Eat, enjoy while you can, because you'll be dead and finished. So these points Prabhupada has discussed elaborately, and here we see in the Srimad Bhagavatam, it's discussed elaborately, in detail. What is the difference between the body and the soul? First thing to be understood in spiritual life, it's the first thing to be understood, and not only is it the first thing, but we should go on understand, trying to understand it, regularly discussing because we have very strong attachment to the body because we've been attached to different bodies in 8,400,000 species of life since time immemorial it is our practice actually our nature is to be the servant of Krishna, but due to forgetting Krishna since time immemorial we are now so much accustomed to identify with bodies that we find it very difficult to understand. I am not this body. Even though, theoretically, we understand it, still we're attached to the body, we're attached to the mind. Therefore, we need to hear regularly, again and again and again, these points of understanding, these points of knowledge. We may say, Krishna conscious philosophy, it's Krishna conscious philosophy, it's fact that we are not this body, we're the soul within the body. Krishna is the supreme soul, the supreme personality of Godhead. He is not impersonal, we are all his servants. Therefore our duty is to serve Him and if we serve Him we come to factually realize we are not this body and we become purified and we become qualified to go back to Godhead to live in the abode of Krishna. This is the purpose of human life. So these points are being, this basic point we are not this body is being explained elaborately by Narad Muni. He's not just telling you are not this body but elaborately he's explaining how we're traveling from body to body to body. Scientific understanding so these points we should discuss regularly. We are not this body. We're preaching to others and among ourselves also. We should discuss this. It makes life very nice. When we understand we're not this body, then when it's too hot, too cold, this is in the beginning of Gita, Krishna explains. He explains, first of all, to Raja, you're not this body. The body, uh, that goes through different changes. <laughs> The body is changing from boyhood to youth to old age. The final change of the body is called death when actually you go to another body, one who is dhira, one who is sober-minded. He is not disturbed by such a change. Then immediately after Krishna says, Matras Kadaha, Agama Tikshas You're not this body. Therefore, don't be attached to the so-called happiness and distress of this body. This comes and goes, just like the hot season comes, in some countries, and the cold season comes, or stays, as in this country. So, heat and cold, they're there, you can't control it, so tolerate it. So, similarly, happiness and distress, sometimes things go very nicely. Uh, you just understand, all right, now everything is nice, after some time, it may be not nice. And when it's not nice, uh, things are going nicely, people are praising me, uh, I have plenty of money, and popular, so many things. Oh, everything that I try to do, it comes out nicely. So this is material happiness. Don't be elated. You know, Whatever good things are going on, that is the grace of God. And maybe after some time, it won't be so good. And after some time, you find that so many health problems, financial problems... Can't get on with people. So, so this is sukduk. duk. These things come and go. So, don't be attached because you're not the body, Krishna says. These things are temporary. Don't be attached to these things. So, these things are important subjects of discussion. Every day, Prabhupada made these classes. This is the purpose of the ashram. We're living in the ashram. Why? To associate with each other, chant together, worship the deity together, study this philosophy. Ashram, generally, we consider think of an ashram. Because nowadays, in modern India, ashram means a a place for organized eating and sleeping. But ashram is meant, traditionally when we think of an ashram, we think of rishis in the forest, to study, guruku, training, understanding, philosophy, thoroughly going into it, understanding deeply. So Prabhupada gave us these books and gave us this program, study these books, discuss philosophy, try to understand. Understand so that you can teach others also. Therefore, Prabhupada made this daily class. Then you have time. Read these books. Understand this point in detail. Not the body, but the eternal servant of Krishna. These points we should, uh, in detail, go over and over again. We may think, well, I heard it many times before. Good. We're very glad you heard it many times before. And we're very glad you should go on hearing it many times in future also because it's not that I heard it many times it's not like you go to school and you learn 2 plus 2 equals 4, Okay, I learned it then you learn uh, 2x times 2x equals 4x squared, Okay, I learned it and you go on and you learn more and more and eventually you you go on and you do all kinds of algebra trigonometry, calculus, all these things so once you've come to one one stage, you already learned that then you don't learn it anymore but spiritual knowledge is not exactly like book knowledge it's something to be realized Therefore, uh, these points again and again we have to discuss. And it's not that because I've learned, I'm not in this point. Okay, I learned it. I already passed that one. I learned it. So now I'll go, I'll learn something else which is higher. First realize basic points. Then, when one is actually qualified, you can go on and on and understand higher. Otherwise, if you try to teach, it's like if you try to teach atomic physics to a five-year-old, We should be learning 2 plus 2, he may be able to repeat the big, big mathematical formula. His understanding is not there. Therefore, these points, very nice, Srila Prabhupada set up this International Society for Krishna Consciousness to understand bhagavattatta vijyanam mukta sanghasya to understand these points, the philosophy given by God, which is in relationship with God, Scientifically, point by point, as given by Narad Muni, here uh, here is teaching King Prachainabah, by understanding which we can become liberated from material contamination. Ari Krishna, is there any question please? Um explaining the social by identity Yeah one has to act within a social role brahmachari grihasta Ramana kshatriya all these roles these are first, first of all to protect the person because as long as we don't realize that if we just say oh well I'm not this body <coughs> and then uh, okay we're not this body therefore we all know we're not the body therefore the sex is intermingled without any restriction we're not this body but you'll you will end up acting on the bodily platform because the realization is not there Therefore, the varnas and ashrams, they are practical arrangement by which uh, this, this social organization is there, so that we are protected from our lack of realization. And it is organized in such a way that one can act according to his present material propensity. Because simply to say, I'm not this body, doesn't mean that you've realized it. We have material propensities. So therefore, this vanashram system is arranged that we can act according to our material propensity, protected by social restrictions, uh, and at the same time cultivate spiritual knowledge by which we come to understand our pure spiritual identity. So even though one is acting as brahmana, kshatriya, brahmachari, vihini, whatever it may be, uh, at the same time, he's cultivating that knowledge that I'm not this body, he knows. I'm not this body, I'm pure spirit soul, at the same time, he knows, I now am brahmachari, prehasta, whatever it may be. I have to act in this way for my ultimate purification. We have to think that we are grihasta brahmachari Yes, we have to. But we also have to think, I'm not this body, I'm pure spirit soul. That identification is our root, our, our basic identification. And thinking, yes, I'm a Brahmacharya, I have to act like this. Krihasta, I have to act like this. We act like that, but understanding that these... This situation is temporary, my basic identification is that I'm spirit soul. But because I haven't realized that fully, therefore I have to act in this way. Or even if someone has realized it fully, he'll just...